0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, we're talking to Tony Meritado. And I'm, did I get the name right? You got it perfect. Oh man, I try so hard and I usually fail. So I'm glad we got it. So Tony has been working online for a few years. We're going to get into the history, but he really made a push January 1st, 2019. So only you know a couple years ago, and currently he's making about one. per year from his online ventures. There's a couple sites we're going to dig into as much as we can in the time that we have available. But one of the cool things is Tony is a physical therapist and he's utilizing his expertise and certification and credentials to help a lot of people and he's actually, you know, figured out this EAT thing that a lot of us struggle with. So Tony, thanks so much for emailing and trying to hook this up. So, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing excellent, Doug. Thanks so
0: much for having me on. So, let's dig into the the background a little bit and First off, I like to you know get to the punchline really early. Can you tell us about, it sounds like about three sites that you're working on, just kind of the high level overview, and then we'll talk about your background a little bit as well.
1: Yeah. So I've got three primary sites that are my big revenue generators. So one is a physical therapy focused website. And within that, I am a specialist in helping people after a total knee replacement. So I'm leveraging the knowledge and the experience of that niche within the world of physical therapy. That's my main patient-focused website and YouTube channel. My second channel and website is LearnMedicareBilling.com, which is focused on helping other healthcare providers, especially PTs, OTs, and SLPs, learn how to do what I do, move into private practice, become more financially stable for themselves, and move away from third-party reimbursement. And then the third site really is just kind of a baby of that. I knew that clinicians, as they're moving into their own business, they needed a solution to help them connect with their their geography, their community. They weren't competing with Yelp. They weren't competing with other large directories. So I created my own directory in a way to help organic rank therapists that either have a brick and mortar clinic or maybe they're just doing what's called mobile therapy where they just come to your home but they don't have a physical location they're not showing up on the google map they're they're really behind the eight ball i wanted a directory site that would grow quickly user generated content to put them in front of the people who needed their help
0: okay yeah all all this is amazing because you're earning you know money from each of the sites and you know some people are just trying to get one of those rolling. Now, one, one cool thing with a learned Medicare billing site, the breakdown of revenue, you know, there's some from Ezoic display ads. There's some from YouTube and you also have a digital course that actually pulls in the lion's share of your online income. I'm just curious, um, had you done, you know, any teaching before? Is that kind of like, you know, part of being a physical therapist, like you're always training new people and continuing education. Like, was it difficult to create a course like that?
1: Well, it, it's definitely a big part of what we do. So in the clinic and you've been through this, you know, most of our time is spent educating the client on what's going on. Why did this happen? How do we make it better? What makes it worse? But I've always loved teaching. Um, I was a longtime martial arts student. I spent 10, 12 years in the dojo. And, you know, my goal before I got into any of this was to become a martial arts instructor and open a dojo of my own. And so I've always, always loved teaching. Uh, I also come from a fine arts background. In high school, I went to a visual and performing arts program in high school down in Sarasota, Florida. So this is kind of the culmination of all of that. It gives me a chance to teach from 22 years of experience in owning a physical therapy clinic. It gives me a chance to monetize my knowledge because in the clinic, when I teach a patient something in 15 minutes, that time is spent. I've been paid for that time, but I don't get paid ever again. Whereas if I can capture that on video, in text, on various media, now I can monetize that. And there are people all over the world that would benefit from understanding, well, this is why your shoulder hurts. This is why your back hurts. This is why these things are going on. So what I realized was whether I'm capturing business information for other therapists or I'm capturing patient information, answering a question, well, do I put heat or ice on it? What's better? Like once I can capture that piece of information, it's universally applicable to so many people. And then I allow the advertisers to pay me for my time over the next 5, 10, 15 years, as opposed to putting that financial burden on the client.
0: I wanted to give a big thanks to the sponsor of this show, Ezoic. And we'll give a shout out to the product Leap and that helps your website load faster and have a you know better user experience for your visitors. And you get green in Core Web Vitals and there's a lot of things in there that'll help you optimize your site. And uh, I think there's some caching involved, uh, a lot of buzzwords, some things I, I don't know as much about. I can go down the rabbit hole pretty deep, but Leap makes it easy. So, You can check that out as one of the many products that you have available when you use Ezoic. Cool thing with Ezoic is there's no page view minimums. So even if you just started your site, you can start working with them and utilize and use and take advantage of some of those tools. So thanks a lot to Ezoic. And let's get back to the interview. You told me right before we started recording that, you know, January 1st, 2019, you, you started to make the push moving to digital a little bit more. What was the catalyst for that? Any kind of specific thing or you just thought, you know, today's the day?
1: It it was really today's the day. Like I had been a private practice owner since 2001. Um, I had always, you know, loved business. We grew our practice. My wife is also a physical therapist. Together, we grew to five clinic locations across two states And typical for physical therapy, a profit margin, if you look at some of the publicly traded companies, it's about 10 to 15% profit margin. So... I had always wanted to help other startups. I had always wanted to help other clinicians. I knew that my best way of giving back to the profession was helping other clinicians become financially independent and treat because they love treating, not because they need to pay the mortgage. And so what I did was I, for decades, I said, I'm gonna teach a course, I'm gonna teach a course and I never did it. And it was, uh, you know, so many false starts. And then finally, there was no real one thing 2000 or yeah, 2019, January 1st, I was like, this is it. It's do it or don't, you know? And so I said, I'm going to teach. And, and what I did, because I couldn't figure out how to get myself to do it. I put out the announcement. I said, Hey, I'm teaching a live webinar. Come join me. It's $299. I had no idea what the pricing should be. I just threw a number out there. And I knew that if I had just one human on the other side of the camera, I would produce the content because it was from my real life experience over the past 20 years. And therapists are always talking to people. It's really intimidating. to Talk to that little black dot with a red light above it. So I said, I just need one human. And I had a group of like five or six therapists. They came on board. They paid for it. I did six one hour live sessions. I recorded all of them, packaged it. That was my first digital course. And what I realized was that with that was that it's not about the information. It's about the person. Like, I listen to you, Doug, because I like you as a person. I like your, your nuance, and I like what you bring to the conversation. And so I made the commitment right then and there. I said, every month, I'm going to do a new live cohort. All of my students can come to all future replays, because we know it takes multiple exposures to learn something new. And, you know, I enjoy it. I do it at 9 p.m. I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. I do it when the kids are in bed and there's nothing else going on. The house is quiet. And truthfully, you mentioned it collectively across the, the various websites, YouTube channel and digital products. I'm making about 110,000. If you look at that from a, um, it's almost all profit. I don't do any paid ads. I don't do Facebook or Google or any paid ads. I've got some Facebook groups. I've nurtured a community. Um, but really, if I was gonna make a hundred thousand in profit in my physical therapy clinic, I would have to have a million in revenue coming in. I would have to have a team of clinicians and admin. I'd have to have all of this stuff. Right now I'm making about a hundred thousand in net profit just running a couple simple websites, sharing information that I share every day already, anyway. And there's no hardly any risk, no liability, no employees to manage. I write all the content. I record all the videos. It's just an incredible opportunity we have in this day and age.
0: Yeah, this is this is uh, very amazing, and I'm not I'm not even sure which direction I want to go to <laughs> next. So, I guess. I'm curious what other sort of professions you've thought about that could do the same thing. Again, you've outlined, you know, you're an expert, you were doing all this stuff. Anyway, you were teaching for a long time and you pointed out the a good point that as a physical therapist, you're, you're kind of teaching your clients all the time, like every day, like multiple times a day, that's pretty much what you're doing. Um, yeah. So any other professions that you see, an opportunity, a pretty good parallel for the kind of work that you've done.
1: Yeah. Truthfully, every service-based profession from attorneys to massage therapists to chiropractors, I mean, dentists, like when you look at professional services, you know, we're we tend to be stuck in the rat race. We were in the golden handcuffs. The easiest thing for us to do to put money in our bank account right now is to deliver our service, whatever that service is. But I guarantee there is no professional service out there that if you, you know, this is a quote from Gary V. He says, don't create document." And that's basically what we're doing. Like if I'm an attorney and I'm sitting there talking about preparing a will, there are things that I probably know and understand that I need to communicate so that somebody understands the value of creating that will. It's not about the document. It's about the peace of mind for your family and and everybody else. Every professional service business has that, but we're so busy selling time for money we we can't quite productize what it is that we do and then we feel like well it has to be customized to the individual there's a certain level of customization you know i could have hired pablo picasso to paint my bathroom blue but i could also hire john down the street to do it for 20 bucks (coughs) and so it's like this allows me to access a larger audience and with the tools and technology out there It's virtually free for us to do it so even if you do it I mean I I always share this story like I've been recording videos on YouTube since 2010 I remember the little spit like globs in the corners of my mouth I remember being so nervous I remember the fast blink rate all of the stuff that happens when somebody looks at a camera for the first time but it took just repetition and repetition just like in the clinic I can't make somebody's shoulder feel better in a session. It takes reps and reps and reps to get to where we want to go. So people just need to acknowledge it's going to suck, acknowledge it's going to be terrible. But a year, three years, five years down the road, where you are is just going to be an amazing place.
0: Very good. So let's let's jump into some of the, the mechanics and I haven't actually looked at any of your sites, although you, you sent them ahead of time i'm I'm terrible yeah. at preparing sometimes, but um for uh, let's say actually I'll, I'll leave it open keyword research so you said you've you know you followed me for a few years, like you've been doing this stuff for you know a couple of years now so from a keyword research standpoint, how did you approach it and you you can start at the beginning maybe your your first couple iterations before you had things figured out
1: yeah so my very first website was started in 2003 that's still the domain that I use today and it was a five-page website I made it on Microsoft front page it was so ugly it reminded me of the original Amazon websites that you see but the idea was back then and until probably late late like 2018 into 2019 I was trying to produce content that I wanted you to know. I wanted you to know what was important, but you didn't even know that that information existed, so nobody was looking for it. It wasn't until and it really started for me with YouTube. I put up a bunch of random YouTube videos. All of a sudden one of them caught, you know, some traction and it had 50,000 views. And it was about sleeping in in any position that's comfortable after a knee replacement because the dogma was you have to sleep on your back, you have to leave, leave your leg straight, you have to do all of these things and I'm like that's absurd, that's ridiculous. So, through that video out there, totally forgot about it. A year into it, I realized it's got 50,000 views and I'm like, "Hey, this is something's going on here." So I find your channel, I find a couple of the other niche website channels on youtube's primarily, and I'm like, "Oh, If I produce content that people are already looking for, if I look at Google's autocomplete, if I look at people also ask, if I look at, you know, I love Google's keyword planner as a tool to analyze my own website, to see what Google sees as keywords in my website, to analyze my competitors' websites and pages. Um, and, And so that's basically what I do is it's a combination of what do people need to know, so I start with kind of a seed term, and I that just comes out of what I'm interested in at the moment. Uh, a lot of it comes from my Facebook group. So I've got a group of 7,000 members about knee replacement. I've got a group of about 6,000 members of clinicians looking for information about billing Medicare. So I'm like, what are real humans asking, and what words are they using? I take that. I drop it into Google to see what Google produces as the top three search results. And I'm like, okay, so this person is asking in this way and Google is giving me these three results. Is there something going on here? Then I drop that into keyword planner. I look at the volumes for, you know, the keywords and the searches. And then I'm like, can I speak intelligently about this? Can I bring new content to this? And when I'm producing a post I try to create as rich of a post as possible. Now I'm a horrible writer. I despise writing. I despise reading. I can't read more than like three sentences before I get distracted. I'm like a fly with my attention span. But I know it's important. I know it needs to get out there. So I I kind of, I do what I need to do to sit down and crank out the content. Um, but, but that's really what I do is I look at the existing environment. I look at what Google's producing. I look at what keywords are already out there in auto suggest and Google keyword planner. And then I say, can I bring something new and unique and interesting to this conversation that's already happening? I just have a different perspective.
0: Got it. So yeah, very pure sort of. Understanding the conversation that's going on. That was a great summary. Now you mentioned using the keyword planner and a lot of people don't use that anymore. It's typically utilized for, you know, ads. People are running ads. That's what the tool is there for us SEO folks used it as sort of a free tool back in the day. There was a lot of information we could extract from it. And then it became like less and less useful. You had to jump through some hurdles. So uh, what? why do you use the Keyword Planner specifically?
1: I like to see, because, you know, in physical therapy, when I'm teaching other clinicians, I always say, who's your customer? Who's your client? You have to understand who the client is. And most therapists are going to say, well, my client is my patient. I'm going to say, well, if you're in a third party reimbursement situation, the client is not the customer. The, The insurance company is the customer. The insurance company is paying the bill. You first have to satisfy the insurance company. And within that, then you have to satisfy the client and of course you know there's two heads to that dragon we have to tame them both when i'm looking at keyword research when i'm looking at content my website so my physical therapy website's generating about 35 to forty thousand page views a month it's gradually growing i didn't see any kind of hit from the recent google algorithm update Um, it's just been real steady eddy path on the way up but I understand that the blog post that I'm creating, it's primarily to sell ads. The way I can sell more ads is by producing good quality content. But if I don't look at uh, monetization, I'm not really going to get paid for the work that I'm putting in. So I like Google Keyword Planner because I can see what's the average bid, what's the low, what's the high, is their intent behind this. And that's another part when I'm doing my regular organic search, I want to see like, do I have three or four ads above the content that Google is producing? Because not only am I probably going to get some better monetization for that, but I can also start to approach those advertisers directly and say, Hey, I've got this. It's running, you know, 5,000 page views a month. Would you be interested in buying a display ad directly on my site? So I'm taking it from that approach. The benefit is spreading great information to people who need the information. But if I don't satisfy the people paying the bills, in this case, the advertisers, I'm not really going to be able to get the return I need to make this a viable project.
0: Got it. And I like how you, you know, you rope in the purpose, you are helping people, but it's not a charity, like you wouldn't produce the helpful content if there wasn't some benefit to you, which, I mean, that's how businesses work, right? Right. (laughs) Like you gotta do it that way. Very good. So are there instances where you saw, oh, and you know what, let me go back and just explicitly say like, so you're looking at the CPC, the cost per click, and that was a thing for a long time when we were very focused on affiliate sites and just affiliate revenue. A lot of people, myself included, would say, you don't even need to look at the CPC, but that's what you're looking at, Tony, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so CPC, is there some CPC range that you're interested in? Is there some range where you're like, I'm gonna cut it out?
1: Not particular. And, and even when there's no, you know, CPC numbers showing up there, it doesn't mean I'm not going to produce content. Um, it, it's just one factor that I'm considering. But I just want to know yeah, there's probably somebody who's going to pay the bill for me to produce this content.
0: Okay. And you mentioned before, uh, like, pretty early youtube videos and you have a youtube channel for each one of your sites can you talk about that a little bit um for people that are only listening uh tony's camera is very clear as clear as mine so what do you what kind of equipment are you using over there
1: yeah so right now i've got a canon 80d behind me this was my main go-to camera until i retired this one and i got the uh one one of the newer model canons. I've just, I've got great lenses, so I've always stuck with Canon bodies. Um, But basically, and and you've shared this on various videos, it got, you know, I started with my webcam and then I got my telephone and I still record a ton of content on my phone in the clinic. Um, I think there's real value in the rawness of just a handheld shot and answering a real question. Um, But because I hate writing so much, and I've never been a great writer, I never did well, I haven't been a big, you know, consumer of literature, Um, YouTube was my natural go-to. I could get on a YouTube video and answer a simple question like, what's the best position to sleep in after this particular surgery? Um, And what I used to actually do even better for those interested in starting a YouTube channel create or don't create, but document, I would have a real patient in the office with me because of HIPAA privacy rules. We're not allowed to share the information unless we have all of this paperwork signed. So I would set up a camera between the patient and I focused on me. And when I answered a really common question that I know a thousand other people want the answer to, I'd record that click. It was only me, but I was talking to a real human instead of a camera. And the quality of that kind of interaction was just so much better. But back to my desk set up here. So I'm in my home office. Hopefully my kids, they're on spring break. Um, I've got four little boys and we're just super active as a family. But I've got a large uh, LED panel light to my left, I've got a little ring light to my right, I've got the camera in the middle, and it's set up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I produce videos pretty much on a daily basis. Um, last time I looked between listed and unlisted videos across three primary channels, I've got like three or 4,000 videos. And those are just the ones on YouTube. Those aren't even the ones that I use for digital courses and on my hard drive and everywhere else. it's just second nature at this point to hit record and start talking.
0: Man. Yeah. I was going to say similar to me, everything's set up. Occasionally if I'm shooting photo, I have a couple cameras, but occasionally I'll like grab the one that I use. Um, for my videos and stuff, but yeah, having it all set up removes so much of the you know yeah. the early days, right, Tony, you probably <laughs> you're like, I gotta set up a light or wait wait till the sun was in the right position so you could use a window or something, yeah. so having it all set up makes it so easy, and that's a staggering amount of videos that's amazing it a is it's ears. a lot um and I like. I like what you said about going to what was natural for you. A lot of people have mentioned to me, I hate writing. I don't want to spend time on it. It's just not my thing. And it's like, you got to do the thing that has lower friction. Like even, even if you don't think it's like the, you know, quote, best route or something like that, the low friction really helps a lot. And you seem very self-motivated. Do you ever feel, uh, I guess, like less motivation? Did you get discouraged in some of the early days? Maybe some of the metrics or analytics you saw on YouTube, you were like, ah, is this even worth it? 100%. And
1: I think we all go through, you know, the ebb and flow and the frustration and I mean, I I can probably go back and find videos where I'm telling other therapists like you don't even need a website. Put on a put up a one-page website cuz nobody cares about your website. You're not converting, you know, people. They're just going for your phone number and your address like I was 100% convinced prior to say 2019 that you guys had some magic formula that I couldn't even imagine getting over a hundred page views in a month. You know, like my website, my domain for over a decade would get one one visitor and then two and then none and then five and then none. And it wasn't until something caught, just like in YouTube, on my WordPress site, one of my articles caught some traction. All of a sudden it started ranking. I'm like, Wow. What's, what's going on here? You know, there, there's actually people coming and using my website. And what's interesting, what, what it actually started with was I didn't write any articles. I was creating YouTube content. I would embed the YouTube video, just that on a blog post, no narrative below it. And one of those guys caught some traction. Google was ranking that video. You know, when you do a search for something, I don't even remember which one it was. But that's when the light clicked, clicked for me, and I was like, "I've got to take this further," you know. And and I'm a very kind of lazy, go with the flow person. So I sow a lot of seeds. I do a little of this, a little of that. I do, and whatever takes root and starts to grow, that's where I come back, you know. And so. Like we, we had mentioned the digital courses and I'm happy to talk more about that, but I've got courses on Udemy. I've got courses on Thinkific. I've got courses on my WordPress site. I do email courses. Those are all seeds that I've sown and whichever one gives me the greatest return, whichever one takes root and starts to grow, that's where I focus my time, you know, and for me, this is still all fun. This is still all like just get I love learning things. I love experimenting. I love listening to you guys and learning from what you guys are doing because you guys are 10 years ahead of me. And so th- that's where the motivation comes from, but when I get beat up, when I get frustrated, I just take a break. You know, there's times where I might not produce a video for a week and a half or 2 weeks. And I let my batteries recharge and I don't stress out. And I go run and work out and do the things that I enjoy with my kids and my family. At the end of the day, my my one guiding light, and I do this in all of my business, is I ask myself, is this moving me closer to my goal? And so for me, I don't want a bigger house. I don't need a nicer car. I don't care about anything material beyond what I've already got. My focus is... Is this providing me the time freedom to spend with my family? Because while they're young, I want to be here with them. So I'm home until they're at school. I'm home before they get home from school. I cook every meal. I'm kind of a fanatic about food. And, And so while I pump out a lot of content, I do it on the downtime. And I do it so that I can be with my kids. Something goes wrong in the business, like we shut down. Um we shut down the clinics in early 2020 for obvious reasons didn't matter my cash flow didn't go down i had the digital content that went through the roof that made up for all of the money i was losing i didn't anticipate that it wasn't a smart business decision it just i threw out all these things and when one goes down the
0: other one tends to go up interesting there's so much to unpack there. Cause you got into like philosophy of life and such. And it sounds like you and I are pretty similar in in several ways. I don't have kids, but you know, similar goals, kind of a similar outlook and we'll get back on track with the sites here in a second. Um, but yeah, I think people should rewind and listen to some of the things you said there. There's a lot of wisdom in there. So we'll get directly back on track and we'll talk about content. You hate writing. And I hear all the time from people that don't want to write, but you still, you know, grit through it. And you know, it it will pay off and you're you're viewing sort of a long-term goal with it as well. So how do you approach the content? And one quick observation, I'm curious if this is true for you. One of my friends also didn't enjoy writing and he's been complimented quite often because his writing seems like so authentic because it's really how he would talk to you right so if you were in a room you you get that but you know it's cleaned up and edited so his writing comes off very authentic and i'm, I'm curious if if you get similar comments as well
1: well, fortunate for me, I'm still in the infancy phase of growing these sites. You know, like I said, 35, 40,000 page views. That's not a lot of traffic. I, 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 I'm still kind of considering everything a draft. And so with that, I put my ego in check. I'm not writing a masterpiece. I'm not writing, you know, a novel. It's not creative writing. It's very technical and I approach it one sentence at a time. So when I'm going to write on a topic, before we jumped on, I wrote two articles, each one about a thousand words. I look at my framework. What's my my primary keyword? Okay, I'm going to focus on that. Where does that fall into search intent? Because I want to know what is going to bring somebody to this site and am I going to satisfy their desire for whatever time they're spending on it? And then I'm going to frame it. So, okay, I'm going to look for, you know, three to four H2s. So that I, I can I can always write three to four h2s. And then under that, I'll start to fill in with a couple sentences and I break up my paragraphs and I do all that stuff. And sometimes I'll put in some h threes if I want to break it down a little more. Um, but I just take it in little chunks. I, I find that I can very easily go five, six hundred words on a topic. <laughs> And if I look at it from that perspective, most of my content's going from 1200 to 1500, depending on, you know, the focus, I write what I need to write. I don't stuff, you know, useless information in there. But what I'm, what I'm really trying to do is go back to my experience as a therapist and be like, what's the patient's question? Even if it's the wrong question, what is the client's question first? Then what is the information that they need to understand to answer that question? And then what are some nuances that maybe they hadn't thought of? And what I love, like what keeps me going more than anything is when somebody says to me, I never thought of that. I never looked at it that way. I never considered that, you know, perspective. So those are the things that I try to do. And what I have found is that when I create the framework for a post I create my outline and I start to fill it in. That creates a far better structure for my YouTube videos. I never script out a YouTube video. Um, I usually just hit the camera and speak. But if I can create an outline for a blog post, then I record my YouTube video, then I go back and fill in the narrative for the blog post, it is like a, a dream made in heaven. It just everything comes together so beautifully. And then, of course, I pull you know original photos into every article. Um, I I do a certain number. You know, I I try to get at least two or three internal links. I look at pertinent external links. I've got no file no follow on all of my affiliate links. Um, So I I kind of, with practice and with time, it wasn't always like this. But I've realized that it's kind of an orchestra, a symphony. It all comes together in kind of this. You know musical play on words that really just fits in together well so
0: that's perfect and i like the sort of iterative approach and i was going to ask you know how does it play together on the youtube side so it all it all makes sense and you kind of go back and forth do you have a routine of going back to old content that you've written and adding it updating it and that sort of thing
1: my goal, like when I'm doing a new site, is I sprint to 30 articles. When I'm doing a new YouTube channel, I sprint to 30 videos um, within a relatively confined, you know, topic cluster. And and then what I do is right now I'm on the path to 100 articles in each one of these. With the occasional, like, if I'm just stumped, I'm like, oh, I don't want to think of something new. I'll go back and refresh content. But my goal is hit a hundred posts and then go back and start refreshing. I've re- refreshed along the way, but based on your information and what other guys that I listen to and, and girls, um, we probably need to spend 30 to 50% of our time refreshing old content and, and even some of that, you know? So now when I'm creating a post title, even if I want to have the year or a number for a list, I'll create the URL with the keyword. I'll create the title, but then I'll put the the year or the number, you know, outside so I can easily modify it and it won't mess up my URL. Like that's a little lesson that I learned that just makes the refresh much easier.
0: Yeah, I learned that one too, especially, you know, top 10 whatever. Right. Just leave the number out because you could go and adapt to it later. Okay. Very good. Any other content tips?
1: I I just think, you know, we want to be good listeners. Like being a good physical therapist means I'm a good listener. I listen more than I speak as much as possible. And so when I'm listening to the words, I'm listening to the pain points, you know, we pull a lot of lessons from sales and marketing and like, it's not, I need to understand my clients fears and anxieties and insecurities. I need to understand their urgency. Like, is this a real problem? You know, I, I talked to a lot of people. I used to do what most therapists did. I used to treat a lot of low back pain. Um, I, I've, I worked with a couple of orthopedic surgeons who specialize in spine. And so I did all of their post-op spine cases and all their non-surgical spine cases. And what I realized with that is there's very little like that I actually need to know about the human body. There's basic mechanics and physiology. The majority of the benefit is going to come from the psychology, from the anxiety, the fear, the motivation, you know, and, and all of us, like, I want to lose weight. I know I need to eat less. I know I need to move more. What I don't know is how to make myself do it. And so when we crack that nut and we get that answer within our blogs, our videos, our any media outlet, that's what's going to get somebody connected to us. And that's what's really going to help them move the needle forward.
0: And as far as the link building, have you done any link building, any outreach or promotion or otherwise? I haven't yet. And it's a combination
1: of, you know, so obviously there are big voices on both sides of the platform. You've got the big guy SEO guys that are like, build high quality links, pay for the links, do what you need to do. You've got the other side of the aisle. Um, I love the idea, and I can't think of his name right now, of creating link bait. So you create a graphic, you create a shareable, you create something that somebody else is going to link to and share I've tried HARO, I haven't had any success with it. I've tried to really like refine what I send, how I send it, make it as easy as possible for the authors, but I haven't had any of my my contributions picked up. Um, But I think I'm fortunate in that I'm in such a kind of novice space. and, And if we want to talk about, you know, being a licensed physical therapist, like pretty much there's nobody else out there producing really the kind of content that people are looking for. So you have the monsters in, in the world of WebMD and, and Health uh, Medline and all these different big, big, big media companies. And then you've got these little tiny sites that aren't optimized in any way. They don't have any structure to their data. They're not thinking about search intent. And so it's kind of a blue ocean you know, you're in a world of a red ocean, you high competition, lots of stuff going on. I'm in a blue ocean where I can put out mediocre content and it's going to get picked up and I'm going to be on page one pretty quick, you know? And so what I'm finding is that I just need to do it. I just need to produce the content. So I'm, I'm on a three post a week schedule across each of my media sites and I've been pretty consistent with that over the last four to six weeks. I'm going to try to keep up that pace. It's not burning me out. I feel good with it. And I don't feel like I'm at a place where I can outsource writing yet. I, I just, there there are no authors out there with what I bring to this particular niche.
0: Perfect. And I, you know, normally I'm like, ah, you know, everyone should probably do some sort of promotion link building otherwise but what you said makes total sense and we were talking before and i've seen you know some pt sites that i've you know i've gone to their clinics and stuff and you know they're they're not really working on marketing like you said they people just go to the website to get the phone number and address maybe but there's not really much else there so if you're publishing you know and you know what people are looking for You got it.
1: What I think is really interesting and a realization that I made, and I share this with my my peers, is I look at my physical therapy website as kind of two two sites combined into one. There's the homepage. The homepage is optimized for people who are looking to come to me as a patient, people who are in my geography. I optimize the homepage, the about me page, and, and kind of the insurance page about real patients that I'm going to see in my clinic. There's no ads on those pages and and everything is focused on giving local consumers the information they need. But separate in my mind is the blog. Now the blog is where I'm targeting international traffic i'm targeting traffic from all over the world anybody who could possibly use this information that's the stuff that i'm focusing on appealing to the the advertisers appealing to consumers that are never going to be a patient in my clinic and what i really need to do is and i haven't quite done this well yet Like my Learn Medicare Billing channel is primarily monetized with educational content, with digital courses. That's where I'm making close to six figures alone just in courses, but I have hardly any traffic. So ad revenue for that site's $32 a month. In course sales, I'm breaking 10,000 a month some months. As opposed to my clinic website where I've got 35, 40,000 page views, but I haven't produced my patient facing courses yet. I haven't produced the course that's the top 10 questions, you know, anybody who's had a total knee replacement needs to ask or a one hour knee replacement course for pre op and post op. These are very, very easy courses for me to make. I just haven't done it because I'm focused on other things. Um, but that would put jet fuel on my patient care website. And p- producing more blog posts on my Medicare billing website would add the revenue for that. You know, so I'm kind of playing around with those metrics. It's like a mixer for audio. It's like I turn this up and see what happens. I turn that down, and th- that's where I spend most of my time.
0: Got it. And are you good on time? I see we're about to go over. I'm just fine. Whatever going. works for you. Perfect. So, couple uh, just random thoughts. One on the creating content that potentially can just get links on on its own you do have the facebook groups and you might be able to run surveys and then you have original data that people are always interested in i recently interviewed um jake thomas i think that was his name he had the the uh, golden retriever website and he yep. surveys his audience. And then he, he puts out this annual report that he just made up, but it's original data. So y- you nodded. Do you, have you tried something like that?
1: I do. So I, I run polls on Facebook. I run polls as comment or, um, Community post on YouTube. I take that information and I put that as a screenshot, and I try to make it, you know, appealing to somebody who wants to link to that content. Um, I also look at other competitive sites, backlink profiles, and I see where are they, you know, who's linking to them at a high domain authority. And I, I, I do think that as my sites continue to grow and my rankings improve. Um, I think I'll start to just naturally attract those backlinks, but yeah, I, I think polls, I think that information is, is a great resource for anyone.
0: And, uh, you know, like we talked before, only if it's low friction, you know, if it's like right. uh dread to do that work, like, uh, just do another video, write another article, like the thing that comes a little more naturally. Very good. So Again, we had so many, there's so many different areas. One thing we'll put a pin in, maybe we can come back to and just talk about it individually is the directory site. So can you just give us a quick teaser, maybe a minute or so about the directory site that you've worked on? It's fairly young and you're earning a pretty decent amount from already.
1: Yeah, actually, um, the directory site will turn one year old tomorrow. Um, it's not a WordPress site, but it's it's from one of the companies that you know they have the directories out there. I bought a couple licenses, um, and the the whole idea behind that was within my profession, PTOTSLP. There's a growing desire for therapists to not have a brick and mortar clinic and just go to the client's home. And so as Medicare being one of the largest or the largest national payer, Medicare will pay for a therapist to either go to your home or for you to come to the therapist clinic. So it's a very low barrier to entry for a therapist who wants to go into business for themselves. There's no overhead. It's very minimal capital. You could just do it. And so I said, well, these guys don't have a presence on you know like a search result page for on Google Maps uh, even if they have a direct a um, Google my business listing I know it's a new name for Google my business now they have to choose a service area because they don't have a physical location and so they're really struggling to get in front of the consumer so i said i need a website now i had the idea keep this in mind i had the idea back in 2004 to create a directory but the technology wasn't there for it. And I wasn't going to code it. And then I revisited the idea in like 2012, but I still wasn't going to do it. So then finally everything came together. I had a buddy who had a directory through this company. And I was like that, if you can do it, I can do it. And so I did, I bought the license. I started creating their directory. I reached out to all of my peers. And I was like, look, hundred dollars for a year. You get a backlink. I make sure it's a a do follow backlink. Um, You get a profile. So one more opportunity for Google when you're establishing your expertise, authority, and trustworthiness for Google to find you. I created a Marketing Monday webinar that I do for all of my premium members. So anybody who pays $100 a year, you get access to my Marketing Monday webinar content. And I teach them effectively the same stuff that you're teaching them. I just put what you're doing in the world of physical therapy, you know, so like a quick, quick one on EAT. So I make sure that all of the clinicians on their about me page or on their profile on their website or mine, they have a link that takes either a crawler or a human reviewer from their about me page. To their MPI, which is the national registry showing that they're a licensed healthcare provider. I make sure that every one of them has a link going to the state license board so anybody can go and find their actual license as a healthcare provider and that they're active. And I make sure if they're marked, if they're contracted with Medicare, they have a link from their website to the Medicare national directory. So. And I explained to them, this isn't for the consumer, this is for the crawler, this is for Google, this is for the human reviewer that's like, hey, is this person somebody that's really got credentials, you know, and so those are some of the little things that we don't leverage those credentials enough. Putting letters after your name doesn't mean a whole lot in this day and age, but if we can use that to open the doors to Google and get the keys to the kingdom and allow us to start ranking those pages faster and higher, now we can really start to affect the people who need the help.
0: Got it. Amazing. Well, as we're Winding down, like I said, we put a pin in a few areas and I think we can come back if if you'll join me again in the future, Tony, but how has, how have the websites impacted your life?
1: I think the biggest thing, the most obvious thing is the freedom, you know, the freedom that I can work on my website anytime. If I'm selling a professional service, I'm working on the client's schedule. If I'm creating content or doing something on YouTube, I'm working on my own schedule. I can leverage my own time. Um, I I think that freedom, especially at this time in my life when my kids are small, when, you know, we're raising this family, like it allows me to, have the security, the financial security that I need to be comfortable, but focus on the stuff that's most important to me. And every day I'm growing, I'm gaining new skills, I'm learning new knowledge, like I'm crafting, you know, this, this vehicle that I always say, like, I I like to consider myself a runner. So if I'm running a mile, if I'm doing four laps on a track, the first lap is going to be kind of slow. Second lap, I'll kind of hit my stride. But I want that fourth lap to be my strongest, my fastest, my most successful lap. If that compares to life, I want my 60s, 70s, 80s to be the best time of my life. I want to have the most knowledge, the most money, the most freedom. And that's what I'm laying the groundwork for right now.
0: Where can people find you, Tony?
1: So, I'm on Facebook under Anthony Meritato. Um, But if you go to learnmedicarebilling.com, that's kind of the primary website where I'm spending most of my time these days. Uh, Anything you guys need, I'm an open book. You know, we didn't have this kind of transparency in the early 2000s. So, now to see, you know, Doug, you and so many others just sharing so much information freely. It inspires so many of us to kind of come out and do the same.
0: So I'm happy to help. And who is Learn Medicare Billing for your target audience?
1: Sure. So LearnMedicareBilling.com is primarily for physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech-language pathologists who are just amazing working professionals, but you're not necessarily making the money you need to provide the patient care experience that you know your patient deserves. So we focus on helping you leverage your knowledge to allow you to put money in the bank account. So you're not treating patients to pay your mortgage, but you're treating patients because you want to treat your patients. That's that's the passion we want to protect.
0: Very good. We'll, we will link up all the the places, your various Facebook groups, the Learn Medicare Billing, your Total Therapy Solutions, everything, so people can check it out and see, you know, what's going on behind the hood. And there's not, a, there's a decent chance that I've watched one of your, your YouTube videos
1: when I was awesome. looking
0: up very various things. I'll look back, but you know, you run across. There's a there's a handful um, producing some videos and it's like, uh, you know, like you said, lower back pain or like stretch hip flexors or what, whatever. There's all these like tiny little things that are pretty obscure and they'll have yeah. whatever, uh, hundreds of thousands of views because people are in pain. They're trying to solve their immediate problem of a hurt back, you know? Right. So awesome. Tony, it's been a pleasure talking to you and we'll catch up soon. Thanks dad. Thanks to Tony. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes and description here so you can follow along with him and check out what he's working on. And if you have a story and you're a listener out there, which clearly you are, shoot me an email feedback at dug.show. It's great to hear these uh, real stories from the audience where, you know, typically, you know, people are just grinding away. You don't really hear what's going on. Maybe some people are in uh, communities of some kind, but generally there's a lot of this going on just in the background. So if you do have a story that you want to share, let me know. And a quick little note, I should have done this on the front, but I I try not to push the uh, couple things too hard over here on the podcast. Sometimes I do, but basically I have my course multi-profit site open for enrollment. Well, by the time this comes out, it's only open for enrollment for like another day or so. So this is being released sometime in mid-July. What's the 14th of July is when it should be released of 2022. And the course is open for enrollment until July 15th at 1155 PM mountain time fun fact i would have picked eleven fifty nine just to go ahead and you know get as much of that full day as we can but my software doesn't let me do that anyway this course uh tells you how to start a site from start to finish starting from you know choosing a niche and brainstorming getting into setting up your site writing the content hiring writers doing uh, outreach and link building all the way to you know selling your site growing your site when you get stuck. So there's a lot of uh, different pieces from very beginner to advanced and it's worth uh, checking out. So we'll put a link in the description here. And like I said, the course closes for enrollment on July 15th. So if you're listening to this uh, far in the future, I know sometimes I don't get around all the podcasts that I listen to right when they're released. But in uh, any case, I do open enrollment up occasionally through the year. So, you know, check it out, even if it's not uh, the day that this thing is released. And I think that's it for today. Yes, that is it. So have a great day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.